Ford. Bob, your former college Kevin. alma mater calls you and says, hey, Bob, we really appreciate you being a part of our school. Can you send us some money? And you would say, well, maybe, maybe not. But then they say, oh, by the way. Wait, 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 wait. I always say no, by okay. the way. <laughs> Me too. Because, yeah. Because I paid my tuition ah, when great. I was there. You're falling right into my trap. <laughs> so, God damn it. So um, they say, you know what? It's it's kind of getting hard financial times here. And we've decided that degrees now expire. Unless. Wait, 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 wait. Who says times are getting hard? A university? Well, yeah. For I call bullshit. Well, you saw the NCAA <laughs> is now saying that, well, I guess we're you can make money off your likeness and your name. I don't know if you've been reading the headlines on that. So Yeah, but that's not going to hurt any university in any significant way, shape, or form. Um, it's going to be a royalty, right? Well, unless the universities cough up the money for the star players for their likeness and their name. Wouldn't you rather go to University of I Pay You More Than The Other Guy? Uh, I still figure that the universities are going to figure out a way to dodge that bullet and put that off on the... Um, the licensees, the people who license the merchandise, not the people who are paying the licenses. Okay. All right. So stick a pin in the college uh, paying athletes because that's not really what I'm trying to to uh, to ask you. What I'm saying is, is if your former alma mater, which is Ball State, which is not considering this, so disclaimer, they're they're. Why are you giving my PII? Because we've talked about Man, where you've God. been to college. This is not new. <laughs> our our listeners are smart. They they've listened to every episode up to this point, right? You got to understand, though. I'm really sensitive right now after my research. Okay, so <laughs> hey, no foreshadowing, Bob. All right, so imagine Ball State came at you and said, "Hey, I know you've got a bachelor. You have a bachelor's, right? I'm assuming." Yeah. Okay. Only a bachelor's. You have a bachelor's yet. degree, and it's been a it's been a good couple of years since you've been here, Bob. We've decided that your degree is going to expire because we've you know we we need an alternate source of revenue, and we've noticed that this industry in the tech business has these certifications that uh, you know they cost a good amount of coin, and guess what? Those expire in like two years. Ha ha! Jokes on the university. I don't even use my degree. Ha. <laughs> so. Um, I was thinking the other day, how crazy would it be if colleges decided to expire in the future? And of course, you'd be like, well, that's kind of crazy. They don't do that. But I don't know if you could, well, if you maybe remember, not that long ago, certificates used to not, or certifications used to not expire. Now they do. So all my A+, Net+, Security+, my... I can use a Windows keyboard certification. All that's expired now, you know, so. Well, I could see 99% of those requiring an expiration because technology moves ahead at such a clip that unless it's pure fundamentals, mm -hmm. you probably need to re-up those. Well, I had most of the certifications. I took the test. Most of all that is fundamentals. It's it's TCP, UDP. It's this is a router. This is a switch. But those expire, right? And then my uh, certified ethical hacker has lapsed now, and I'm not going to re-up it because I don't get... Wait, how old is that one? That one's not very uh, old, is it? I think 20... It, it's vintage 2014, 2015, maybe. So, five years ago. Oh, no, they expire every two years. That's just horseshit. Yeah, oh, totally. So, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm trying to expose here is certificate certifications keep expiring... Though they're very similar to college degree, which, you know, I have a computer science degree. Why wouldn't that expire too? When, couldn't I argue that the tech landscape has changed so much since I've been to the university that none of that's relevant anymore? You could say that. However, comma. <laughs> I hate that I do that now. Um, so, however, comma, uh, you're learning on the job. So... And most people's degrees, and thus maybe their medical degrees, are fairly irrelevant to their ongoing success in their field. To my point, everything that you're doing in your day job, maybe we need a disclaimer here. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future.
perfect time. <laughs> Everything you're doing in your day job is relevant to probably whatever certification you've ever had in your degree. And I would argue the same, if that's your point, um, that, hey, my daily thing kind of it's like an honorary re up and credits of no shit. I know what to do and how to do it. I don't need to take time to study a book and a curriculum to re up the certification just so LinkedIn looks prettier. Do I? Oh, boy. See, I think, A, I've never had a certification. Um, Not a, oh, shit, this is going to. I'm going to step in some stuff. Not one that I would call a real certification. Yes, I've had some certifications. Um, sorry, anybody with an orange logo that takes offense by this. Um, but uh, they're just, I mean, once again, it's like my college degree. I don't think that I've ever been in a situation where because of my degree credentials or any of my certificate credentials, I really haven't benefited financially or career related because of them not be- because of this the topic of them i guess is probably more i accurate. was going through this this thought experiment last week because it's gosh if a university would call me and say hey your degree is going to expire unless you pay us a ransom i'd be pissed but we're in a totally okay world that certifications are that way but i would also i was arguing would you really be pissed i mean like initially maybe but when you sat and really thought about it for a couple seconds like your employer's not going to be like oh t- Kevin, sorry. I know this is part of not your annual review, but we're going to preempt your annual review because we actually were notified by the university that your degree is no longer valid and we're going to have to let you go. Certifications (laughs) would be germane in certain government slash defense jobs though, right? Are they? Yes, absolutely. Now, does the government pay for those? Oh, yeah, yeah. The individuals have to pay for them. Yes, but who pays for it isn't really my point. My point is... Actually, I haven't even gotten to my real, real point. <laughs> how many? I know. I I feel like certifications could have been an episode all into. How many itself. points do I have? That's actually the the question. And what is it? So what I'm getting at is, I tweeted out. Hit us up on Twitter right now. DM us how many, <laughs> or you could even just add us. How many topics? What's What's the question? How many what? Well, I'm. I was trying to correlate. <laughs> How many points? Certifications and degrees with ability, because I think those are decoupled. How how well somebody can be in the tech industry is their ability, but I think there's almost no correlation to how many tests and how many university degrees you you've acquired. Is what I'm trying to get at. I, I think certifications and degrees equate to potential for opportunity, not necessarily an accurate measurement of the skills and abilities of the applicant or the holder of the degree or the certificate. I mean, come on, I graduated with quite a few people that are far less intelligent or qualified or skilled in an area of expertise than I am. And also this, the opposite is true. I have plenty of relationships with folks who have zero certifications and zero degrees that are hella smart and uh, kind of make me look like a Joe regular guy. <laughs> so we both have post adult or post secondary school children, and my only one, he's eighteen, and he, I think at times he kind of regrets not going to college. But I keep trying to tell him that if any place requires a degree that you want to work at or you want to apply, you, pro tip: you don't want to work there because if they're just looking at you for how many certifications you've got, how many degrees you've got. You probably just want to go to the next place. You you really want to work, in my opinion, at the place that looks at you and go, what can you do? What's your abilities? Not 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 right. who have you paid and you know, where have you done your time learning five year old curriculum? It'd be interesting to find out from a hiring perspective, you know, getting interviews based on resume is one thing, but how many people actually get hired? Because of their resume. Well, government 
so if you've ever had a government or applied at like General Dynamics, Raytheon, any of those, hey, we, we kill people really uh, well companies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We have a lot of defense contractors here. I don't know what how they market themselves. Anyway, so defense contract, that's the first thing. If you don't have a 40 degree, you don't even get considered. Next thing. Right. But that's still, that's just the get to the interview phase. How many people get hired because of their Oh, well, resumes. don't you think there's a hypocrisy in just saying what what boxes do you check it doesn't matter what your ability is because that's essentially what is happening right there's totally a gaming of the system to get to the interview stage by checking boxes um i guess there's a ethical code of sorts that and i think when you apply for a job you affirm that you have not falsified any information on your resume so oh yeah sounds, yeah yeah because you can d- yeah. definitely lose your job but to my point you and i haven't been to university in a long time but we have ability so we could somebody could argue hey kevin hey bob you haven't you haven't learned the curriculum in 10 20 years right so how or more how how is what you're doing you know, your your bachelor's how is that worth you know somehow more than than somebody not having it but they have more ability so basically we would pass the wicket and somebody who doesn't have a uh a degree would not pass the wicket though i would argue that it doesn't matter because our degrees are so old anyway that our actual knowledge comes from our on the job training our abilities of today yes 100 percent okay not that i thought you would disagree but i i just had this weird thought experiment of hmm what if degrees suddenly expired because they could reason that it's like well it's too old and you have to prove that you deserve you know that you can still hold this degree from our great university and by the way send us a check Uh, yeah i I, hopefully that never even like hopefully nobody even ever tries that because i guarantee employers once the hiring decisions made employers don't care the the really the big thing that i hate about certifications besides the fact they do expire is when you do take the certification, they are literally talking about things from 10 years ago during the certifications. They have the gall to expire your shit because it's been two years since you took the test that had 10-year-old content in it. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, that's definitely a flaw of the privatization or the uh, for-profit nature of those certifications, I believe, which could also be dovetailed back to universities if you really, without even much of a stretch. Anyway. You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Barr and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. really here to talk about (laughs) so we're really here to talk about mr edward snowden and for somebody who might be living under a rock bob do you want to give me the the elevator speech of who mr snowden is it's funny that we're talking about him actually it's funny that anyone's talking about him now apparently he is in the midst of a media blitz of sorts um appeared on the joe rogan podcast last week kind of like unannounced and very like ta-da here he is kind of thing obviously he wasn't in studio but i just saw earlier today or earlier this week as well he's going to be doing an interview with uh recode decode as well so he's obviously making some rounds anyway so he's a dude um (laughs) a while ago wasn't it like 2015 2014 2013 2013 um made some documents available that he should did he discover them so <laughs> did he what did he do you, maybe you should give uh, the background <laughs> i don't know i kind of like watching you struggle here um so yes he was on mr uh, rogan's podcast and he kind of went through it um so um 
Mr. Snowden is, according to Wikipedia, an American whistleblower who copied and leaked highly classified information from the NSA in 2013 when he was a CIA employee and subcontractor, which I think the subcontractor was Booz Allen Hamilton. And his disclosures revealed numerous global surveillance programs, many run by the NSA, in the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. That sounds like really creepy. With the cooperation of... Well, not like blinking eyes, like the letter I. No. E-Y-E-S. With the cooperation of the telecommunication companies, European governments, and prompted a cultural discussion about national security and individual privacy. That's Mr. Snowden. Yes. So... The craziest thing that I thought, though, is like he kept referencing back to a, well, first of all, he hearkened back to some 70s-based legislation where basically the government can own any data that they decided they want. It's kind of the gist that I got out of it. But the fact that there was a, a surveillance law that was part of the Bush administration, is that Oh, right? yeah. Mr. Bush started this trajectory we're on right now with mass surveillance, yes. Did he start it or did he just reinforce what was going on it, from the it 70s? It stems from the Patriot Act and all these right. secret courts. It was a 9-11 yeah, exactly. result. So it was right. really 9-11. So it was Osama bin Laden. It's your fault. If you're, li- oh wait, you can't <laughs> listen. Never mind. I digress. <laughs> too soon? Okay. All right. Moving on. No. Okay. Definitely so not before we get into the merits of Mr. Snowden's, uh, what he did and whatnot, I want to ask you a little bit of Edward Snowden trivia. So if you have Wikipedia open, I will ask you to close it or at least minimize I it. I Okay. You know how I roll. I don't. I don't. So do that kind of shit. I couldn't gauge how old Snowden was, and, but I, I I did the math when he was figuring it out. I'm like, holy crap, that's how old he is. Bob, you want to guess how old Edward Snowden is? He said he was born in '83. Damn it! Is that right? Yes. So yes, he's 36. Okay. Yeah. And did you know he was unmarried in 2013 when he went on the run? But he is now married. So yeah, he got long like some person ended up shacking with him in one of the places where he was exiled. Right. And they ended up getting married. I didn't click. I mean, I can click on her name here. Maybe I should find out, but no, I won't. I think she came to visit him like every weekend when he was like holed up and not allowed to leave the embassy. Yeah. That was a little strange. Um, did you, it was almost like a prison marriage. <laughs> Did you know he joined the military, the army specifically under the 18 x-ray program? Are you familiar with that program? I'm not familiar with the program, but I think that that is where he started getting into his um, secret service, or not secret service, but top secret clearance and NSA stuff. Right? So the 18... X- he was like you, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, there you go. That's where I'm driving with this. So he was in the 18 <laughs> X-ray program. So he was at uh, North Carolina. So he's he's from North Carolina, but in at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, actually Camp McCall, which is just southwest of Fort Bragg, is where... I want to be a Green Beret. Where do I sign up? That's what the 18X program is. And if you fail out of that, you become infantry. You know, basically, you, you you have your shot, but you risk being just a regular grunt if you can't do it. So he signed up for that program. He ended up getting medically discharged, um, gets no benefits because of his particular uh, separation with the military. But yeah, it's very similar. So he, he was a computer nerd, joined the army. Sounds familiar. And then got out and started doing more nerd stuff. Sounds familiar as well. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up. His nerd stuff gets a little bit more nerdy than your nerd stuff. So uh, he was also in the documentary Citizen 4. Have you seen that one, Bob? Oh, I have not. Gosh, I got to add that to my list. Do we know where that is currently streaming? I believe it's on Netflix. That's where at least I saw it a few years back. Perfect. But it, is it shitty? or is No, it it's like, wait a second. I mean, it's, it's way plain. So... Snowden went on a run after he set up a meeting with three journalists and he met in Hong Kong, China. Well, it's Hong Kong, China now, but then I think it was just Hong Kong. And he basically said, here's a cache of stuff. But of course, this, the journalists were like, who are you and why should we care? And so he started doing all these kind of weird encrypted emails with them. You know, it's very sketch, but he gained a trust. Of Didn't them. he also... Didn't he also make them promise that they wouldn't release it in a very salacious way? It needed to be incredibly factual and 
tied to the data, not clickbaity, that kind of stuff? Um, I think he wanted to do a control release and they just released everything, you know, like, boom, there it is. <laughs> but back to Citizen Four, it's a documentary. But what I found kind of strange about it is, I think, gosh, and I haven't seen it in a while, but it's the camera's in a room and he's, I think he's filming himself. Um, doing this uh, document, you know, hey, I'm on the run. I'm in Hong Kong. Here we go. Oh, like very first person. Yeah, it's, it's very much what it felt like. I'd have to watch it again. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I'm, I am actually. Oh, watch I'd like it to watch that. But it, but it yeah. was compelling, especially knowing what you know now. It's like, oh wow, this is this is how it went down. Now, when all this went down, the government, U.S. government, started looking for him. So did you know that uh, there was what's called uh, the Morales Plane Incident? It's where the president of Bolivia, who had been attending a Russian conference, suggested during an interview that he would consider giving Snowden asylum. The following day, on route from Moscow back to Bolivia, his plane was forced down in Austria uh, at the request of the United States. And they search. They they attempted to search his plane. This is the president of another country. I did not know about this. And of course, uh, he was not on that plane. Um, but I think part of it was, um, gosh, I don't know if I think it was Ecuador that, that hold up Julian Assange. But anyway, the U.S. government, as we will see, is you know really interested in keeping this under wraps, right? But they want. But they want him so badly for something that is actually, I guess it wasn't common knowledge, right? But it kind of feels like it is now because it was all leaked out. Is that why I feel that way? So let's go into the, what is it that he leaked? So essentially Snowden revealed that the U.S. government through the Patriot Act and a few other, you know, different like Save America or Protect America Act basically legalized the ability to store all forms of electronic communication in the United States just in case. In the name... Yeah, warrantless surveillance, right? right? which is completely against uh, the Fourth Amendment, illegal search and seizure, in my opinion, my my armchair lawyer over here. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what is interesting is... um, it enabled what Stoughton himself called turnkey tyranny because you can essentially at the click of a button know all emails, all text messages, all search history for everybody inside the United States. Everybody. And that's really scary. Does, does that mean the providers are complicit in? Yes, they are. In fact, okay. uh, AT&T, Verizon, they all have special rooms rented by the government where they all data routes through and they get to archive everything and they are complicit. And um, I'll I'll get to more on that in a bit. Um, The mass surveillance uh, started as Operation Stellar Wind. And and, um, imagine, as Snowden uh, said during the Joe Rogan interview, the things you did as a child, the good, the bad the sketchy, the not sketchy, all that is imperial, meaning over time it goes away. So Right. Yeah, it's not permanent. So ever since a certain pick pick of time, uh eighty seven, I think you mentioned for like AT and T and a little newer for some of the other companies, everything that's ever been transacted electronically is stored somewhere. Now did he say that they it's just an actual record of a phone call or a text. It's not the actual content of the message, correct? Um, depends on the era. So in the early era, it's just the phone record. Modern era, text messages, including the content, is 100% archived. Wow. Did you, have, you, have you watched the first episode of the new season, the final season of uh, Silicon Valley? I haven't. I'm full disclosure. I'm waiting for uh, the season to complete so I can rent my one month of HBO and then binge uh, watch it point. all. <laughs> and then I got to. Fi- well, now it's only going to be it's only going to be six episodes, so you'll definitely uh, you'll definitely be able to knock that out in a couple hours. Um, 
but they ended last season where Pied Piper had a big victory finally and they're moving in their giant offices. And one of the last things I think that was either said in last season or one of the first things said in this season is that the government was coming by and wanted to make sure that we could integrate a back door. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so germane to all of this, right? Oh, I know. It's just like there's so much that's happening from an artistic standpoint that is lockstep with the craziness that is like our actual existence. It's so weird. And just to provide more context, where is Snowden currently? He is currently in Moscow, Russia. He typically only gives interviews through the Internet, Uh, says he uses Faraday cages and other anti-electronic surveillance techniques like he does. Yeah, you're right. He didn't say he doesn't use smartphones, but he basically says you're an idiot if you use smartphones which well he said that he liked the old smartphones well that they used to use the ones that you could take the batteries out of i guess they weren't technically even smartphones because that was the only way to ensure that it wasn't listening is when it's completely turned yeah actually let me ask you about that do you think and this is total tin foil hat conspiracy do you think the fact that all batteries are now sealed in for the most part on phones is a result of the u.s government requiring that oh man he made it sound like it was very much a a design of opportunity to, to encase the batteries. Now, the interesting thing is that being said, we just took my wife's phone in like two weeks ago and she got a battery replaced on her iPhone. So even though they're sealed into the consumer, uh-huh. they actually can be taken out and replaced. But it's not trivial effort. It's not like you can walk into somewhere and just pop it out and then pop it back in right you, you just can't clip it off yeah, yeah. right right so uh, you know of course i could see I, uh, apple being like come on that's total total bullshit we just wanted to make it harder for you to repair actually so <laughs> yeah. well here's one of the things that i found super interesting and i don't want to really jump ahead to the phone thing but he was very like apple's very quick to say you know that they are that the user's privacy is paramount blah 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 but he was very quick to say that, you know, Apple and Android devices are not secure and listening and collecting and, you know, just an and, and, and. And he was very quick to lump Apple in. Yeah, we're we're going to... It's on my list. It's towards the end. So okay. we'll definitely circle back there. So basically what Snowden is in trouble for is taking a bunch of classified documents and exposing... The fact that these programs exist. The thing that's hundred percent, thousand percent alarming to me is he tried to explain that the way it works is if you were to say, "Hey, government," and sue them, you're doing these illegal things. The court would go to the government and say, "Hey, are you doing these illegal things?" The government would reply back and say, "I can neither, <laughs> neither confirm nor deny." Go fuck yourself. And then the judge would say, "Well, it might be happening, might not, but." We don't, you can't prove it. So case dismissed. I thought it was also interesting when you talked about classified documents versus declassified documents and just the level of redaction. And then the one document about the mass surveillance, where it was actually a completely different document than, you know, that redacted versus not redacted type mentality and how it was designed specifically to confuse Congress. Yeah, and and Nancy Pelosi and a few select members were apparently let in on some of this, and only one person objected to any of this, but I think they call them like the Elite Eight or something eight, and there was like eight congressmen. But, all right, let me... Let, let me. So, but so, wait, wait, let me, let me wrap my layperson's head around this. So he's in trouble for letting the rest of us know how jacked up the government treats us from a surveillance standpoint. Yeah, and to be a little more specific, (laughs) basically the government found a really cool way to find bad guys, and they decided, you know, not only can we use this to find bad guys, we can help solve things internally as well. And once you open that Pandora's box, it's really hard to go back. So So what happened, according to Snowden, is... The agencies realized this is great, but it's totally unconstitutional. We got to fix this. So rather than become constitutional, they said, hey, Congress, we need these Protect America Act. We need the Patriot Act. We need all these. We need FISA courts. We need all these things 
so that it seems like it's above board. And oh, by the way, um, we're going to do whatever we want anyway, because we'll just hide behind the fact that it's classified. And if you ask us for anything, we'll just say, well, you know, it's classified anyway. We can't tell you. So was this quote unquote designed? Because I know that Snowden referenced this in the very beginning of the interview, kind of setting up the whole um, siloed or what did he call them? Smokestacks. I don't think he called them smokestacks. He called them something like that. Stovepipes. Yep. That the information wasn't being shared. Is this new mass surveillance supposed to help with the sharing of that kind of information to catch bad guys more easily? I assume so. I, right. But does it? Because I still feel like interagency bickering in fighting about lack of sharing of information between the agencies is still an ongoing thing. Right. Because he alluded to the fact that. It- in the context of any groups, they're all competing for resources, promotions, and whatnot. So even if the sharing platform exists, people still are inclined to say, no, this is our information. You can't you can't look into my cookie jar. Right. And he did say it actually has not made anything any better. And he also said, show, you know, because he was accused that, hey, if, you, if well, the journalists were accused, if you go with the story, you're going to cost lives, you know, the typical, well, we better say people are going to die so you don't run the story thing. Right. And no one's been compromised as a result. Well, that's what that. he's, you know, it's where do you go to check that, right? Snopes, I guess. But, you know, I assume that's <laughs> true. Um, that, yeah. Um, but back to Snowden, why did Snowden do this? He said that over time, skepticism built up till he could no longer ignore it. He went into his government jobs from a federal family says, I have family history. I come from this group. You know, I I joined the army out of patriotism. I did all these things. I, I love my country. And then he finally saw how it worked on the inside where laws were not being respected and he he can no longer ignore it. He said, Hey, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. Got ignored. You know, I, who, who are you? You're Edward Snowden. Um, you know, I'm insert big fancy title here. Go fuck yourself, Mr. Snowden. You know, so, um, you know, so he, uh, he, he brands himself as a whistleblower as opposed to a leaker. I guess the nuances is a whistleblower is the white knight. A leaker is a self-serving um, type person. So is it or is a leaker someone who's not quite sure if they want to go public with their own name attached to it and a whistleblower is someone who has taken a, a holier-than-thou approach and said, although that's not even the case, though, because currently there's a whistleblower that is anonymous. So I guess I always associated whistleblower with being public and attaching your name to it. Like, I'm proud to release this information where a leaker is kind of like, well, I'd like to keep my job, but this is jacked up and people should. Yeah, and, and I'm only going off um, off the Wikipedia article how he brands himself a whistleblower, and he actually defines the difference between whistleblower and leaker within you know his own mind. This is how he sees the difference. So, uh, okay. so uh, he sees leaker as a pejorative and a whistleblower as a superlative. Or, uh, yeah. Man. Look at you trying to use all yeah, these I, big I words. I couldn't even say it correctly. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, let's let's take a pause here and go, Bob. And this is a juicy, juicy question: Is Snowden a traitor? God damn it! I was going to try to ask you, but you wouldn't quiet for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. <laughs> well, a traitor. Oh my gosh. Um, boy. I think the definition, I think there's such a fine line sometimes where it becomes between traitor and hero. Well, like, let, let me help you he here. He hasn't jeopardized us. He hasn't well, jeopardized you can't, us. You can't look way. at the result necessarily to justify, you know, the end to justify the means. So I'm not trying to sway you just yet, but let's walk through it. So he, he, saw, he saw something wrong. He tried to make it change internally and decided um, he had no more... Uh, uh, yeah, no traction to yeah, change he had, internally. He had exhausted all avenues of trying to make it right. And um, he could have done several things. He could have said nothing, collected his paycheck, as he has said himself. I could have just collected my money, sat here in Hawaii, which is his last, I think, duty. Right, his last assignment. Yep. Yeah. And just said, you know, I'm going to the beach. And that's somebody else's problem. And he didn't choose that path. So he... He he walked into this knowing that he could have just looked the other way. 
I definitely don't think he's a traitor. I don't. I don't think he's a traitor. At okay. All. How about you? Thanks for asking, Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. I wanted to ask first for the record. I was back and forth when this happened. He is. He isn't. Really? He is. He isn't. Because I. I came from the military. I had top secret clearance. I had an SCI. Top secret SCI, which is special compartmentalized. Uh, you know, clearance. I know what the culture of that is. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. However, as a military person, if you're giving given an all unlawful order, your duty is to not follow it. Correct. Correct. And that's military. So if I were to kind of translate that on the snow, and if you see something wrong, I, I expect you to stand up and not do it. Now it takes so much courage to do what he did. And his life is now, I, I don't, I would say ruined, but he just wrote a book <laughs> and he, you know, he just got married. Yeah. But didn't they say that the government is going after the profits of the book too? Uh, yes. Uh, so in fact, on September, the, I have it. Oh, wrong article on September. The I'm scrolling and buying time, buying time, buying time. Wow. This is a really long article. This is really bad radio. <laughs> September the 17th, 2019, his memoir, permanent record was published on the first day of publication the u.s department of justice filed a civil lawsuit against snowden over publication of his memoir alleging he had breached a non-disclosure agreement with the federal government right they didn't cease and desist the publication of the book though but they're going to penalize i have the book sitting on my coffee table yeah i was gonna say i know people have ordered it so yeah so um, do I think he's a traitor? I can finally answer the question. Uh, no, I don't. I think he's super courageous for what he's doing, but I think his life is over as he probably expected it to turn out. Um, he's a, he's a fugitive right now of the United States government. Why doesn't he come back? Ah, because, um, I can tell you why. So he's offered to come back, but the U S government, um, has the ability to charge him with certain or hold him under certain laws that would allow him to never see a judge. So kind of like the terrorists of Guantanamo Ooh. Bay. So they can, Ooh. yes. That's so they good. can hold him indefinitely without charging him. Something to this effect. How? Patriot Act and all those crazy ass laws in the name of we need to protect America has weird provisions under the guise of national security. So because of the information that he leaked, he falls under the jurisdiction of some similar or the exact Patriot Act, and that's how they can detain him indefinitely without trying so him? The, the exact particulars. He's actually talked about this. So there's probably some YouTube interview that I watched where I got all this from. Because he's like, yeah, I'll come back, and here's my conditions. And the government will not meet his conditions to, to come back and stand trial. So that, but he should be able to get a fair trial. That's such bullshit. It is. Um, it is total bullshit, especially when he's like, Hey, I'll come back if you treat me basically like if I can plead my, you know, case. So just help me out here. So, yes, he leaked government secrets, yes. but those government secrets revealed that our government is not treating us in a constitutionally Right. Lawful right. way. And. Be, so how does the government win here? The government's easily. They got the ace card here. They've got the Trump card. No pun intended. <laughs> they write the rules. Well, <laughs> that. But they can hide behind national security and they can say, we can't tell you that that program exists. So if someone goes to court and they're like, and this and this and this, the government can just say, we don't know what he's talking about. I have no idea can't prove it right so whether it's true or not they the only thing they have to rely upon is that he stole government secrets and exposed them yes so they've got it right and he even mentioned during the joe rogan podcast hey the distance between what you know and what you can prove is a dangerous ass place and anything goes in that realm so let me ask you my second question mr Beatty bar of Ball State University. <laughs> I just like making you squirm over there. Um, Last four digits of a social security number are? What? Okay, one, no. two, three, four. Okay. Um, do you find Mr. Snowden credible? Because the government, before you answer, because the government's going to say, we can neither confirm nor deny whether or not those programs exist. Well, how... Interesting you should ask about the credibility. If, uh, 
So as long as the government has never put pressure on him about the content of the things that he leaked, then in their minds, they can question, bring his credibility into question. But as soon as they confirm that anything, like any one piece in there is valid, then I don't think they can discredit him on the other things. Have they validated anything that he's leaked? So James Clapper, I forget what his title was, but there's a kind of an infamous um, congressional testimony he gave. And they're basically, are you storing any electronic data? And he's like, nope. Not really. We don't try, <laughs> you know, <laughs> knowing full well that that's a lie. Well, at least right. I choose to believe it's a lie. So I, I find Snowden totally credible because this seems exactly like the kind of stuff that I was dealing with in during my time in the military. Where not talking about mass surveillance, but you know, we had the old uh, the Bob Lazar aliens episode, which is very popular. Um, and I had asked you at <laughs> our, our most popular, I'd asked you at the end of that. Hey, do you think it was credible? And we both spoiler alert said, hell yeah, we thought it was credible. So I look at Snowden go based on what I know and how the government works internally. I'm like, this dude is so fucked because he's so right and he can't prove it. And I believe him a, a thousand percent. But it's so funny that you bring that up, especially in relation to Bob Lazar, because one of the very first things, other than setting up the whole 9-11 and the reason for the mass surveillance, blah, 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 he said to Joe, he goes, I know that you really want there to be aliens, but <laughs> I can't find anything that... So like, so then does that, does that diminish our belief in Bob Lazar's credibility? Great segue, Bob. Great cross-marketing, if you will. That's episode 42 for reference. Um, so, uh, No, but I'm serious because that was one of the first things I thought. I was like, oh, shit. Well, like we've totally bought into the alien thing and he's seen a bunch of documents and says it's not. Well, I, I refer you back to our earlier conversation in this pod that said they're stovepiped. They like to not share information. And even um, uh, Snowden says, hey, I, you know, from what I could see i didn't find anything and i basically know got all access to all the state secrets so he might have been looking in the wrong basket yeah yeah and if i'm a conspiracy theorist alien nut i'm totally going oh well he doesn't know that he's not g42 classified read in and you know that's why you know <laughs> or something <laughs> so there's is that legit or did you just I make totally that made that up so basically okay. what i'm saying is so you're telling me there's a chance <laughs> yes i am yeah but he kind of seemed to shut that down pretty readily i mean i don't want to dwell on that but i it was kind of one of my my sad takeaways from the episode um I don't, yeah, so he talked about aliens, chemtrails, and probably like Sasquatch or something else, and it was a no to all of them. And well, chemtrails, I mean, that's a flat earth thing in my mind. 100%. I mean, 100% true. Yeah. But I don't want that looped in with aliens because I feel like. If that's my crazy, it's a it's a stable crazy. <laughs> it's, it's a pop, it's a way more popular crazy, so it's cool, right? Um, yeah, I guess. I don't, uh, know. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to uh, have a future alien episode uh, and redebate it. So, do you think that he kept his focus primarily to the surveillance aspects, and that's why he found the things that he found? I, I guess I'm starting to question. I don't know because. I want to know about JFK, Elvis. I mean, you name it. I want uh, Martin Luther King was a, uh, you know, we know that uh, J. Edgar Hoover branded Martin Luther King as a, you know, enemy, public enemy number one at some point. Yeah. The day after his, I have a dream speech, right? And so he got access to that. Uh, he didn't really speak JFK, though. Now I'm curious if, if, if Edward, if, uh, you want to share a hangout or zoom yeah. or skype ed will interview you over skype no i've problem. got questions <laughs> <laughs> so um so i don't know i mean i i don't want to say that i mean even even edward was like oh, i don't know man maybe maybe i just couldn't you know find it but whatever yeah but i feel like now that he said that and when bernie sanders was in that interview and he said that he would find out but apparently other presidents have wanted to find out too and the answer has been no so or nothing i have a feeling that aliens and i we need to get off this topic very fast <laughs> i have a feeling <laughs> that aliens is one of those topics that 
no matter what answer you get, you you've already got a pre you meaning proverbial you, not you, Bob. The proverbial you will always be like, yeah, but and and to to prove yourself. It's just one of those magical topics that no matter what you right. hear, you want to believe whatever it is you want to believe. Sorry, kids. There's no I Santa. Just, uh. <laughs> I want to see documents. Damn it. All right. So let's get back to um, Snowden. Let's tell me what your thoughts on the phone stuff were, because I know that okay. that like, I know, I know that was your big like, oh, shit. But before I get there, I want to set the stage a little bit. So. OK. Set away. All right. So he he Edward Snowden kind of warned us about the home devices. We're inviting microphones into our house and you and I are both guilty. So CIA, NSA, what's up? Um, you know, we got devices nearby. Um, yo, yo, yo. But <laughs> what was interesting, he says the tech industry and the government suddenly found in mid 2000s, late 2000s, that they have a mutual uh, interest, which is surveillance of the general population. Because tech, hey, wouldn't it be great if you could do all these analytics and targeted advertising if you had the data? And oh, by the way, as a consequence, just pass it to us and we can do our thing. Don't worry about what we're going to do with it. So it's, if if you're like outside the fly in the wall, you're going, oh, I get it. You both want to break the law, but as so so long as you can help each other, wink, wink, it's no big deal. If the tech companies are willingly compliant, there's no law being broken. Well, it, that's where it, that's what that's what Ed said. Right. It's it's yeah. It, it's a super slippery slope, right? Because no warrants required if the other party is complicit right and so the tech companies are like well, well, well yeah if you won't if you won't tell on me uh we won't tell on you in fact the government says great you're gonna sign this paper says you're not allowed to tell on us by law by penalty of criminal penalty if you disclose any of this you're going to jail and they're like well so so we get to do whatever we want with our user data right we can just harvest the shit out of it right yep we don't care <laughs> just sign right yep. here that's how Mark Zuckerberg gets to sit in that room and just giggle quietly to himself as he's getting grilled. To, oh man, None you're, of steal, you're stealing my point here. So why does Facebook ever worry, because they don't, spoiler alert, about the government coming in and shutting them down because that's a treasure trove of data for the government, right? Fuck England too while we're at it. Right. Six five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Oh uh, well, it was five hundred thousand pounds, which was six hundred forty-five thousand USD. And still, are you sure? Because the pound's been tanking. Uh, yeah, I know it's going down, but I'm pretty sure I saw the 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 current rate. So anyway, still, point, all right, let's call it even. Point million. is, Who cares? if you put that in a bucket somewhere, you would swear it didn't even get wet. <laughs> right <laughs> it's not even a drop. I mean, this is like it evaporated uh. before it hit the bottom, <laughs> right? So everyone around the globe is complicit in this, like every government. Well, Snowden brought up uh, Obama. You know, Bush started this, but Obama had the opportunity to kill this. Right. Eight years. And he didn't because Snowden brought up the idea that, well, once you got your hand on the controls, it feels pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Look what I can do, (laughs) you know? And if and if you're still looking for an Osama bin Laden, which he was up until 2011, this is a great tool to uh, you know at least look through the data, right? So, do you think it's a slippery slope to say you could still use it for bad guys abroad, but you can't use it domestically? I believe that is how the law is written. <laughs> so, Oops. yeah. Apparently, it's a very slippery Apparently, slope. you have to have very good reason because you can spy on somebody in the United States so long as you think they're speaking with a foreign national, so long as you don't think they're within the United States. So it's, it's like this weirdly worded thing. Right. So we don't use, even though we're listening, we're not using any of this technology to like say, help us defeat domestic terrorism right here within our humble borders. Yeah. So, um, it's it's you know pick somebody famous who said this probably Ben Franklin or James Madison or or somebody Thomas Jefferson you know when you give up that little bit of uh, security for a little bit of safety, um, you know that erodes and guess what you never get it back once once right. the government is given the power 
then you think they like giving it back? They sure don't. So I, I really feel this is a huge threat to democracy in general because everything you've ever said or done on your phone and or your computer is stored, not necessarily at the government, but it's at Google or Facebook or pick some provider and it's readily available right now to the government. Right. The government can get it just because just by asking. Yes. All right. So that takes me to the phone, the smartphone dealio. So your phone has an IMEI. Have you ever done any iOS or Android uh, development, Bob? I have not done the development, but I'm actually familiar with the the device identification and the SIM identification. Right. Like each each one has a unique. All identifier. right. So your phone's got a burned in number, and your SIM. So your phone's got a serial number, and then your SIM card's got a serial number. The SIM card kind of represents your account. The the IMEI kind of represents the phone boilerplate serial number. So right, you could put any SIM in it you want, but that IMEA or whatever it is that that number is still right unique to that device. It's kind of like a Mac address, you know? Um, yeah. So if I sell a phone to you, that, that number goes to you, but you're going to put your SIM card in there. So at the very base level, what is a phone? A phone is a radio. It has a transmitter, has a receiver. It uses radio waves to talk to a cell phone tower. A lot of people don't think of a phone as a radio, but that's literally what it is. It operates on about 950 megahertz um, frequency, depending if you're Verizon, AT&T, or if you're Sprint, which is using the PCS um, uh, band, which is just a higher frequency. And that's why they used to be called Sprint PCS. But I digress. So your phone (laughs) is constantly pinging the tower because it, you know, how do you know what your signal strength is and whatnot? So it's checking in. How do you know what your time, the current time is? Because it's syncing it up. So your phone, even with no apps on it, are constantly um, checking uh, these things, checking in. Hey, what tower? Okay, you're closer to this tower. I'm going to hand you off. So there's that. So even with your GPS location turned off they can get a very good idea based on triangulation between multiple towers where you exist. So, okay. Yeah, so pretty much every move you make all day, every day is mapped yes. somewhere. And that goes into Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile's somewhere database. So if somebody wants to know where were, where was Bob on Monday, the whatever, and because we have personal trackers on us now, it's, it's very cultural. It is what, you know, it's very 2019. Somebody can find out if they want to know. Um, so there's that. And then the apps themselves have um, ability to make internet requests. So they can reach out to Facebook servers. They can reach out to Uber servers. They can reach out to Chrome. When you open up Chrome, it checks for an update. Hey, is there an update for my app or what up? Google Store, uh, Apple's uh, iOS App Store. So there's a lot of transmissions in receptions going on on your phone you get push notifications that's a lot of freaking data so one thing that mr snowden had talked about besides the batteries which is you know kind of a weird thing if you can't take your battery out or even if you turn your phone off how do you know it's really off right how do you know that it's really shut and that's like gosh (laughs) (laughs) the screen's (laughs) off is that all and no blinky lights is it really off um so it got me thinking. So after that show, I, I downloaded what's called No Root Firewall, which is for my Android. And by app, it shows me all of the IPs and domains that each each app is trying to talk to. And I can whitelist or blacklist um, each domain. So, so have you been using this tool actively? Yes. Like, have you started to block things? Have you noticed any, um, have you reached a point where the, actual app doesn't do what you want it to do. I, th- I I would like it to do a little more, but here's what it does do. So well no, I mean when you're shutting down the ports, like if you're actively blocking ports from an app on the firewall, have you have you noticed that the app still per- not the app that you're using to block, but the actual like let's say you had um my fitness right. pal and you blocked all the stuff that you wanted to block. Does my fitness pal still work like you expected it to? No, it does not. Um, but that's your mileage may vary. So I have this free like, um, stopwatch app and every time you hit, uh, reset, it shows you an ad. But when you turn on the firewall, when you hit reset, I get no ads because the, when it goes, tries to make a request to Facebook, 
um, it gets denied. And so since no at it was getting so it was using Facebook for the ad. Oh server? my gosh. Everything's using Facebook. And I learned this. Oh, no. So, yeah. So a lot of people think, oh, well, we got our ads from, I don't know, double click or God knows right. who. But that's a Google property. But Facebook is an advertising company. Um, and they happen to have a bunch of sheeple on there that, you know, provide a platform. And so even off of Facebook, I'm not on Facebook. I don't I can't delete Facebook off my phone, but it's disabled, allegedly. Um, <laughs> but each app the reason it's a free app is because they are supported by ads. Well, it's supported by Facebook ads in a lot of cases. So um, the app still works, but they must have some good logic. Hey, if you can't contact Facebook, don't blow up. And so the side effect is, is now it's ad free app, which is like, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and you usually have to pay to get an ad. free, Right. And I'm not really trying to get free, you know, whatever. I'll gladly pay an app person. However, I have some products like um, Fitbit and Ring Home app that I buy their hardware. You would think that I'd at least get the common courtesy of a hand job and not get Facebook (laughs) ads, right? (laughs) So no, both of those apps are either sending data to Facebook or something. Of course, you can't see what's in the payload because it's HTTPS, it's encrypted. So you can't actually see the payload. That's So that's one downside. There's got to be a lawsuit there somewhere. You should be able to see the payload because allegedly that payload is data that's yours. Right. So, so in one case, I know one app's bringing in data from Facebook. and But in the case of Fitbit and um, Ring, I don't know what's going on. So Ring really scratched uh, scratch my head because that's an Amazon property, which, you know, they could deal with Facebook. That's fine. But it's a paid product, and then there's no ads in the app. So what is this request doing other than just sending out my current alarm status? I I don't know what it's doing. And because I can't see the payload, I can only think of bad things. Uh, So it's the ring doorbell with the camera, right? I bet you it's sending some kind of video data, too. Uh... I don't know, but if we maybe stills now, if we look at Fitbit, Fitbit has a connect your Facebook account feature. So I can reason that it's doing some sort of heartbeat there, but I have no Facebook and I'm not connected. So again, what are you checking or what are you sending? Because I don't want my fat butt amount going to Facebook into Mr. Zuckerberg's kingdom because I don't, you know, I choose not to. So, of course, I hit him up on Twitter. Hey, Fitbit, what are you sending off here to uh, Facebook? Screenshot. And they're like, well, unlink your Facebook account. I won't do that. Well, I don't have a Facebook account. It's not linked. Yeah, we don't know. And I'm like, well, okay, customer service dude or dudette doesn't know. Got it. But any of you Fitbit uh, developers um, who want to defect to the Bob and Kevin show, you want to let me know? <laughs> let me know. I'm really curious. But I've now got a global rule or Facebook. Now, there's a problem with that. That's if and only if it uses a domain to send off because it could just send it to IP address 50.1.6. Right. Where the fuck and does that, that could be go? an FB property. Yep. So that's one improvement that I would like to see. Um, well, Snowden talked about that too, though, that we should be able to control at the device level, level and the app level. Yes what's what's being listened so this is this is definitely way better and i gotta credit dan booth of somewhere in england uh for letting me know that this existed for android and it's free to use now of course me being the tinfoil hat person i am sometimes going well what how's this app fucking me you know because (laughs) now i'm pushing all my data through this app but it was interesting because you actually have to whitelist or blacklist the app itself from doing any sort of outbound calls. I've actually blacklisted it. So it can't actually call out allegedly. And the, and the way it works, how, so how does all this work? How does one app capture all the traffic from everybody else? So it actually uses a loophole, so to speak, in the Android operating system where it, it masquerades as a VPN. So it says, oh, I'm a VPN and it's a feature of Android. Okay, so all traffic gets proxied through me. And then it sends it out through the norm. So it actually doesn't proxy it anywhere other than through the app. And then it lets it on its way if it passes the firewall. So it's kind of a clever way to get around that. But I don't believe you can do anything like this on Apple 
and Bob. I'm going to put guarantee you could. Okay. I was going to put you on a spot. What do you think? And you don't think you can, can you? No, I don't think they would allow it. And yeah, cause it would probably just be a shit show. I don't think they're, I don't think they're straight up with. So, you know, their claims. <laughs> so Snowden brought up a interesting kind of phrase and it's called the inequality of information. So basically, Bob, you and I purchase the phones. However, we don't actually get to control the data that comes and goes from it. So we are merely subsidizing Apple, Facebook, Verizon, all these places by bringing their hardware into our lives. We pay good money for it. Of course, we get phone calls and data and all that. But what they don't let you do is see exactly what they're sucking out of you. Right? Yeah, it was funny because he actually like... He didn't, I guess he did stumble a little bit, like when he said, you own the hardware. And then he was like, nope, you don't technically even own the hardware. Not really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are you are just borrowing it for now, right? You're a, you're a surrogate data entry person. I mean, that's really what and you are. And if you look at this from like, if you just like came back from a 15 year space mission back to Earth and you're like, wait a second. I'm I'm doing all the hard work here. I've got to you know buy the phone and whatnot, so you guys can just take all this information and sell me to advertisers. Yes, yes, that's how it works. But they don't tell me that. That's correct. You got to figure that out on your own. So, here's my last question of the episode: Do you see a day? And I feel like we've asked this question before. Do you see a day where there's the iPhone? you know, XAD or there's the, you know, the Android, you know, latest VAD and you can get those devices for free knowing that you're being a a data collector or you could pay a thousand dollars for a device that's just a device and not a data collection tool. So you and I talked a little bit about this. I kind of asked you this question a few episodes ago, you know, if, if, you know, before you can send your phone call, watch this ad. You know, yeah. Before you call nine one one, won't you watch the latest Dancing with the Stars commercial? <laughs> no, I'm dying. Um, so, yes and no. I think the layperson might say, "Yeah, that that's a totally a market thing. That's very to to go all libertarian." Yes, that the market will determine that. But the problem is because the government mandates that all carriers play in this. We no, you uh, got to play in this data collection, you, yeah. you know, that you'll never see it for that reason. It, that won't be an option. It's a great idea that you'll that it's a catch and kill technology, right? Great idea. Make sure it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. What do you think? Yeah, no, uh, you, you bringing that up. You're absolutely right, because they are complicit in playing in the game. They're, they're still going to get their They're still going to get their thousand dollars a device plus, you know, let you be their data collection agent. Yeah, and do you want to be the the company that says, "No, we're going to be different. We're going to, be, you know, no, you're you're probably not. You're just going to lose lawsuits and the government's going to compel you to do things all black opsy and stuff right. like that." So they'll put a new CEO in charge of your company. <laughs> it is interesting that uh Facebook is uh getting more into the hardware game. Have you seen all the ads for their for their like little uh, voice yes video video chat things yeah and i think you uh, interact or engage with the retweet i did today there i forget her name but she's a uh, you know becoming a well-known like reverse engineer type and she said well i was able to hack my facebook screen thingy to show zuckerberg's uh photo album which you shouldn't be able to do and, and reported it to facebook and they're like oh well whatever not a problem ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god which takes oh. you know which doesn't help my conspiracy theorists thinking that the go- that zuckerberg and facebook can do whatever they want because the government can totally exploit their two billion users around the globe not even in america so they can do all the terrorist thing they can check in on you know whoever they want and facebook here's here's a fine you're bad. Don't do it again. And then they do it again. Yeah. All right, here's your next fine. Don't do it again. And here's your next fine. Don't do it again. And nobody goes to jail and all that. I would like to see copies of these checks too, because, you know, just because it's reported that there's a fine, 
I mean, has there ever been a report that the fine has been paid? You know what? How do you even pay $5 billion? Like the amount of zeros on a check, it's, you know, it's like an overflow in a div, you know, like the zeros, like go to the next line, you know, <laughs> or, or if you try to do a wire transfer, like maxes out at nine, 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 you know, like at six nines instead of like however many you need, How do you, maybe you make payments. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's all fiction. It's just to, it's just to quiet the masses. Yeah. I would like to see the leg- the bank statement. Let me make sure you really paid $5 billion here, right? Right. And then where does that money go? It's a government fine. Does it go to the FCC? I don't. Yeah, that's these are all wonderful and questions. And then what do they do with it? It goes to the U.S. Treasury, I believe, is where it ends up. Oh, man. What a fucking Well, mess. money is just... The government can literally print its own money, so... When, when that $5 billion gets back to the Treasury, it, does it, it comes out of the economy, right? I would assume. And that's probably not good, right? <laughs> no. It needs to probably... I mean, that would be really weird if it just disappeared. Of course, we have like a, a almost a $1 trillion annual deficit or budget shortfall. So maybe we have $1 trillion minus $5 billion deficit now for this year. I don't know. Who knows? Now you're talking numbers in my brain. Okay. Uh, we probably should wrap this up. Um, I found that Mr. Snowden was super articulate. He has a kind of a strange patter in the way he talks. I don't know if you like think it's any different. It's just very distinctive, um, the way he talks. Yeah, it was a lot of monologuing, but I think that was probably better for the format, too. Um, I was really impressed with the uh, sound quality, which... Right. Just made me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's in Moscow and he's in California. This would suck. And it doesn't. Damn it. <laughs> Apparently there was delay though. So that made me feel a little better. Uh, okay. So overall on a scale of one to 10, Bob, 10 being, yeah, we believe him or one mm, kind of full shit. Kind of like the Bob Lazar thing. What? Yeah. How credible do you think Mr. Snowden no, is? No, I think he's definitely in the 9-10 range, and I think he's getting the shaft. And it's really unfortunate that we live in such a time where you think that freedom of information is actually freedom, but it's not. It's There's always a cost. We are living in our own Truman shows, thanks to the uh, big tech and U.S. government, and I don't think that we'll ever be able to... Maybe that's what The Matrix actually started. You know, Maybe that is The Matrix in early form, and we've begun. What do you think? Oh, I think this is definitely version, you know, zero point something of The Matrix. It's the Matrix 0.01 preview. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, well, uh, I guess that's all I had to say. Any, You get the final word. Well, I just want to say thanks again for listening to the Bob and Kevin show and uh, feel free to find us on social media and let us know how we're doing. And until next time. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin show? Well, first you can try us via email at comments at Bob and Kevin show.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin show or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>